Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon or good day. This is England is burning. That's right. That's the new name. We got new logos, new banners, new everything that is coming up. Please go to the trailer on your podcast or your video uh, cast YouTube to take a look at the trailer for the new England is burning. The FAWSL fan channel pod and video cast today is your Arsenal women's weekly feature. Yeah, it's just me today. It's just me today. I want to talk about Arsenal. It is the international break uh, that is coming. That Well, it's not coming up. We're in the middle of it right now. It's just starting. Uh, the United States women's team and the Canadian women's team and the Brazilians in uh, Argentina are playing in the She Believes Cup that starts tonight in the U.S., late, later night in England and in Europe. Uh, that is where we are. So we wanted to kind of give a few updates here on Arsenal, how things are going. But Arsenal, this typically would have been a video or a podcast to talk about the game between Arsenal and Aston Villa. That's what it was planned for today. However, that didn't happen. Why? Well, because that match was canceled or postponed or somehow brushed under the rug or something like that for the third time. Now, the reason this time was because of a frozen pitch at Aston Villa's site. I believe that's the case, that it was an Aston Villa's site. And there were several matches in the, in the league that were postponed due to weather-related issues because the pitch was frozen or things like that, that it occurred. And that brings a problem. So I've been asked by multiple people, multiple people, if I thought from my perspective in the United States, whether or not the FAWSL was, in other words, a professional setup, meaning is this a professional league uh, that should be given respect as a professional league in the world of football, the world of soccer? And at first, my answer was absolutely yes. And the reason why is because I was comparing FAWSL to a lot of the other leagues in the United States and how they've been handling uh, COVID and weather and things like that, relocations, bubbles, all of those things. And all of them, to some degree or another, have had difficulty in the United States. So if I were comparing the FAWSL to the leagues in the U.S., well, there have been problems too. So I can't say that FAWSL's problems are, you know, different in that regard. However, I've thought about it even further upon more people asking. I still say yes. And the reason why is because there are more eyes on the league. There are more eyes on the big clubs. There's an additional big club in the league this season as there was not last uh, two seasons ago. There have been an influx of American players, which has put more eyeballs, more ears, more attention, more press, more social media, myself included, into the mix of watching the league. The league, if it was not a professional setup, would have never been able to attract people like Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, Abby Dahlbarger, Rose Lavelle, Sam Ewis, Alex Morgan, etc., and I know part of that is because of the uncertainty of the NWSL, but there were other choices, other leagues, other teams that those players could have gone to 
and they chose to come to the WSL. Now, what you find in the FAWSL, if you all didn't know, is there is a top four now. You have Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United in the new top four of the league. They are big clubs. However, the other clubs, Aston Villa, Birmingham, Reading, Tottenham, Bristol City, are all also big clubs. Maybe not as big as the top four, but they have resources and they're big clubs. But here's the issue. The issue is quality. The issue is parity. There is absolutely no excuse for a team in the top flight of women's football, women's soccer in England or in the United States or in Canada or in Germany or in France or in Spain. But let's go back to England. There is no excuse for a team's match to be postponed because their pitch was frozen. There is no excuse for a match to be canceled or postponed in England because in 30 minutes, five minutes, an hour before the match was scheduled to begin. That is unprofessional. That does not indicate that you are in a top flight league when things like that happen. And so there's the parity issue. The men's games for Arsenal, Aston Villa would have gone on. There would have been no problem. Why? Because their facilities, their pitches are heated. There's drainage. There's the proper facilities available for the men's teams, which are not available to all the teams in the WSL. Now, some teams have them, but not all of them. And that's where the problem is. If the WSL is to become a top, top, top league, the facilities across the board on every club has to be the same. And those facilities, those training grounds, those pitches, those medical facilities and personnel also have to be equal to the men's teams. That's right. I said it. It has to be equal. That's where the parity comes in. Men's teams and women's teams should not be treated differently in any shape or form. The medical facilities, the training pitches, the personnel need to have parity. The pitches have to have parity, but there should be no difference between the two at all. It is inexcusable that there is. And yes, there is an excuse, but not a reason for the resources or money and so forth. But I'm talking about teams like Tottenham that have money. Aston Villa has money. West Ham United has money. Arsenal has money. Reading, not a Premier League team in the men's division. However, they have money. They're, they're a bigger club. Bristol City, even, they're in a championship in the men's side. There is no excuse. Matches should not be canceled or postponed because of frozen pitches. That's a sign that your facilities are not up to par. It should then be a requirement. If you are to compete in the WSL, you must 
you must, absolutely must upgrade everything to be on par to the to not only the top teams in your division, but also with parity with the men's side. So the grounds, the personnel, the travel, all of it need to be on par with the men's side in order to maintain your status in the WSL. Now, if you get promoted to the WSL and you don't have those facilities in place, then you will be given the time frame. In my proposal, you're being time frame to come up to speed. There are such regulations in many other leagues all across the world for teams moving into the first divisions. So it should be the case here. It should no longer be an excuse. All teams must be able to upgrade, be on par, have parity, no excuses. All right, so let's move on to Arsenal. So since we don't have a game to review for Arsenal for last week, then we need to talk about the last three matches. And one of the questions that I've had from many, many of y'all out there is what's wrong with Arsenal? What's wrong with that team? They look like at the beginning of the season that they were just going to roll over everybody. And they're not rolling over people no more. And there's a lot of reasons why. So one of them is injuries. You know, one of them is injuries and every team has them, but there's an internal investigation going on at Arsenal in order to determine about training regimens and things like that because people keep getting injured. Interesting. Haven't seen another team have that issue going on but all teams get injury, injuries. So that's been a key issue. But in the last three matches, Arsenal has played Reading, very difficult, very tough, very resolute, solid squad. That was a draw. They played Manchester City, currently in second place in the league. And then they also play Chelsea in the London Derby. Now that they lost to Manchester City and they lost to Chelsea. In the last three matches, they've managed two goals and they've given up six. They've only had gotten one point out of the last nine available points, which has put them adrift of the top three for the Women's Champions League slots. So what has happened? Well, one go, overall, Arsenal's offense is fourth in generating uh, expected goals. They're third in the league and creating chances to score an open play. They're number one in converting expected goals to goals. They're number two in the league in shots on target per game. They're fourth in the league in shot creating actions per 90 minutes. And they're first in the league when goal creating actions in 90 minutes or per 90 minutes. So, still top notch in the top four in each of those categories, if not first or second. However, in the last three games, there's been a down downturn. It's been a downturn mainly because that they have faced three teams that have, excuse me, <coughs> resolute, solid, strong defenses that either will not allow you as part of their plan, not allow you to get goal scoring opportunities. But if they do give you goal scoring opportunities, they'll shut them down. 
So case in point, let's talk about the stats in each of the last three games that Arsenal's had to face. Reading, 1-1 draw. Now, Arsenal was able to get goal-scoring opportunities. Their XG in that match was 2.4. However, they only got a Vivian Miedema goal to show for it. They shut down Reading's offense. Reading does not have a significantly strong offense, as we have seen in many other matches. And Arsenal's defense reduced them to an XG of 0.4. However, Arsenal averages per game 21.77 shot-creating actions per 90 minutes. Against Reading, they only had 20. They got only five shots on target. Minima only had one shot. That was the goal. And only had 26 touches, which is a low number for a striker or a center forward in that position. They had the ball 58% of the time, but they only managed one goal. They did not convert the opportunities they had against Reading. Again, a solid, resolute defense. They were able to break them down somewhat and get chances, but they weren't able to convert. Next game against Manchester City, lost 2-1. to one. They had 53% of the ball, which is unusual against a team like Manchester City for them to not have a major advantage in possession. Arsenal's XG in that match was 0 0.8. 0 0.8 and got one goal but they only had 11 shot creating actions. They only had three shots on target. Miedema was shut down. She only had, she didn't have a shot and had 28 touches. So she was taken out of the match. She had no influence on that match. And that's part of City's play. Now remember City, high press, high up the field. But then if you break the press, which Arsenal was able to do in parts of that match, including the first half and even in the second half, they were able to do. But what does City do? City pulls it back. They put four or five up front with one ahead and go into like a four, five, one kind of setup. And that's what they did to Arsenal. And they shut the offense down. Really no chances at all. Chelsea, London Derby. Now, Chelsea's the best team in the league. There, there's no doubt about this. Well, maybe there is. I mean, you could argue. You could argue. But based on current form and current results, Chelsea's the best team in the league, and they're at the top of the table. Loss was three to nothing. Now, interestingly enough, Arsenal had 63% of the ball. Why? Okay. Arsenal likes to play out of the back. They like to have possession and so forth, and they're able to get possession. But Chelsea, they're a quick strike. Quick strikes, boom, down the field, long balls, right down the middle, to the flanks, to the side, up the middle, long balls, straight ahead. So they, they, they're more of a counterattacking attack squad, at least in my book, in my observation, subjectively speaking. And they're pretty lethal in that regard. Now, however, Chelsea don't, you know, they have one of the best goalies statistically in the league, and they have one of the best defenses too. Arsenal's XG in that match was 0.6. They only got seven shot-creating actions that whole match. Remember, their average is almost 22. So they were cut down to a third shot of the third of the normal shot-creating actions they normally have. They only had four shots on target. Minima had one shot on target and 40 touches, which was a good number. But given the amount of possession, there wasn't a whole lot. And she really only had that one shot on target. 
So what has happened is this, is that Arsenal has had a significant difficulty in being, being able to create opportunities and convert those opportunities when they get them in the last three matches. In Reading's case, they had opportunities but didn't convert. In the case of playing against City and Chelsea, they weren't able to create hardly any chances at all. Minima was a non-factor for two games. Now, that doesn't mean Minima is the only good player on that team. They got others. But a lot of the offense tries to go through to her. She's the lead, league leader in goals so far. So she's not getting the service. So the chances are windling down. On the de- so on the defensive side, they held Reading to XG of 0.4, but City's XG was 1.9. Chelsea's was 1.0. So what ended up happening is, yeah, Arsenal's defense is pretty good. It's not. It's, you know, it's a pretty good defense. They limited the other teams to chances, but those teams converted. City got more chances, not many more, but they converted them. Chelsea had had not many more chances. Remember, their XG was one, but they converted them. And that's the difference. So in the last three matches, Arsenal has a goal conversion rate, expected goals, minus goals that they actually got, offensive goal conversion rate of negative 2.8. On the defensive side, goals against conversion rate, expected goals against versus actual goals given up. They've given up six goals. Their XGA was 3.3. So that's a negative 2.7. So their offense was negative 2.8 in goal conversion. And their defense was goal against conversion rate was 2.7. That's a recipe for only getting one point out of nine. So that's what's happened to Arsenal in the last three games. And in a sense, they've been played out and they played themselves out of a slot. However, there's a struggling team sitting in third. And that struggling team is Manchester United. There's a big, huge game coming up in a few weeks' time after this international break is over, which will be a critical in the desire that Arsenal has to get back into the Champions League again. They missed out last year. Manchester United definitely want that slot. That's their goal this year. So there's a huge match coming up. Case in point, though, y'all, United won the first meeting, one to nothing. Arsenal has struggled against the other top three all year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of questions ahead for Arsenal women's team. So that is it for your Arsenal weekly feature for today. I hope you enjoyed it. It was pretty numbers heavy, but hey, that's what I do. Strike a like on this video. Give us a review on the podcast, y'all. Tell your friends. Share the podcast. Share the videos. Subscribe to the channel. Follow them. Please do, because this is a grassroots effort, and we're going to keep on going at England is Burning. England is Burning is out for today, but also... Look at the light, feel the light. Let the light become part of you. Also acknowledge that the darkness is there, but don't ever let the darkness hug you. But if it does, reach out, get help, get support. 
Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And England is burning is out for today.